Welcome to the Financial MD Show. This is the only podcast designed specifically for residents and young physicians to help you become educated on financial planning for physicians and avoid many of the common financial mistakes doctors make. Your hosts, John and Trevor, explore a different topic with each episode. John Salitro is a financial planner and certified financial education instructor. He's been working with young physicians for the better part of a decade and lectures to graduate medical programs around the country. Dr. Trevor Smith is a board-certified ophthalmologist with a full-time practice, and he has learned the ins and outs firsthand, what it takes to make smart financial decisions as a young physician. And now, here's your hosts, John and Trevor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Financial MD Show. On today's show, we dive into the concept of buying a house during residency. Now, we start off by hearing a little bit of Trevor's story and his experience during residency and med school and what he learned about buying versus renting and what he would do differently. I'll give you a little clue. He's got some regrets to share with us today. We then pivot to talking about when it is the right time to buy a house and how to buy that house. We talk a little bit about physician mortgages. Trevor goes into how his perspective has shifted, uh, which actually tends to go a little bit against conventional wisdom. We wrap up by talking through, is renting really worse than buying? and What are the pros and cons of it? And when in your career is the right time to buy a house? How to buy it right? And how to identify when it is a seller's market versus a buyer's market? and how not to pay too much, frankly. And so with that introduction, I hope you enjoy today's episode of the Financial MD Show. All right, welcome everyone. We are back again with the Financial MD Show with yours truly, John Salitro and Dr. Trevor Smith. How's it going, Trevor? Great. Having a good start to the week here. Yes, it is Monday here in Financial MD land, and uh, somehow I feel slightly more dynamic with these big headphones on my head. Like, uh, good. <laughs> or it could go completely the other way where I'm like um, NPR announcer. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to. Yeah. That's right. Um, but anyway, we've got a great topic for you. I love talking about this particular topic because we do get a lot of questions on it, and it's um, more of a philosophical or more of a, how do you predict the, the near future is going to go when we get asked the question of, should we rent or buy during residency? And we'll, we'll talk about that first. And then we'll talk a little bit about buying or renting when you get your first job, because that's a different concept as well. But there are a lot of factors to consider when you're buying versus renting. Okay, so you're getting out of medical school, you've been matched, you're headed to your, or, or you know where you're going to be, and you start looking ahead maybe a few months before of where you're going to live, right? Uh, Trevor, you came from U of M med school, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, in West Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to undergrad there at Hope College and then went to University of Michigan Medical School. Yep. And you then had to find a place in Royal Oak area because residency was at Beaumont. That's right. Yeah. Beaumont now called Beaumont health. Okay. You know, uh, I call it Beaumont, but 
Yeah, some people do call it club boat. Definitely not <laughs> internally, but yeah. Uh, it's it's not very clubbish, I can tell you no, that for sure. No, I it, it's, right. it's it's definitely residency. But uh, yeah, so then I had to find a spot in Royal Oak. So it's yeah, my first thought is just like I don't know where I was going for residency till so to think about getting a, a house in medical school was like definitely not on no. my agenda. Nor did I need one. Um, didn't have family, didn't have kids. Everybody's got a different circumstance, but I didn't even have like a motivating factor to even lean that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, plus I was, you know, 23 starting, uh, medical school, which sounds young now. Um, you mean out of medical school at 23? No, no, no. Starting, starting medical school. Um, in terms of like looking at a house, potentially some, there was people in my class that bought a house. Um, they had worked for a few years, you know, that not even that much older, you know, like late twenties, they had a kid or a kid on the way and, um, working spouse. They either had either a working spouse or some of them, a non-working spouse who just wanted a, a home and their student loan payments went to mortgage payments. Uh, yeah, I would think that would be it. I'm honestly not sure now that I say that. Maybe they were working and it was just enough to, to pay that portion. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, then I went to, when I went to residency, I, I kind of thought about it. I Googled around a little bit and, you know, white coat investor steered me clear of buying anything big. Um, and then I didn't do, I knew I was going to try to pay off my loans directly. So my finances were tight, tight. Cause like the first few months before I refied, I was paying like full payments on my loans. Um, or one of my loans, the government yep. one. So I know, I was, you know, getting a house was not in the cards. I mean, it had the cash flow. I didn't have a down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, more to that story later, I did end up getting a house for a year, but. Oh, you did. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I don't think I ever told you. Or we we haven't talked about that at any point, but um, yeah. But I'll, I'll kick it back to you. Okay. Well, uh, so here's the situation: you're getting out of medical school, you're going into residency, you're searching around for where to live, and most people come into it with the mentality of, in general, uh, it is better to buy than rent from a you know not throwing away your money. Mm-hmm. And so I get this question and I got this question when I was speaking to, I remember one specifically I was talking to, and this was a year, maybe two ago, uh, talking to MSU's radiology residency program. And I try to hang around and answer some questions at the end. But uh, first year PGY one comes up to me and says, you know, I'm thinking I should probably buy a house. What do you think? And I said, no, don't do that. And, they kind of looked at me a little shocked, like, why? It's always better to buy versus rent, right? Like, you're owning something and building equity and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, normally, sure, although there's other schools of thought on that as well, like, it just depends what's important to you. Is it important to you to be more mobile? Is it important to you to not have to take care of a house? You know, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, okay, so throwing away money could be valuable, that kind of thing. But when it comes mm-hmm. to residency, the general school of thought that I approach it in is 
A, a longer residency makes it make a little more sense, right? Versus, mm-hmm. you know, in a pretty high likelihood, you're not going to stick around that town. Probably 80% chance. Most people mm-hmm. are traveling yeah. a distance from their home. So maybe they're one of the few that really like it and they get offered a job as an attending to, you know, the hospital that they actually graduated from, but not likely. Um, And specifically in today's market, if you buy a house, I would say prices are higher than they should be on houses. Um. Mm -hmm in Michigan as we're talking today. So this may be different in your part of the country, but in Michigan, prices have been going up and up and up since about 2012, um, Mm -hmm. have surpassed beyond where they were at the time of what we call the housing bubble or the mortgage crisis or whatever you want to call it when prices kind of crashed back down again. And um, I was lucky enough to pick up a foreclosure at the time and just sold it this summer. So we made out pretty well, but uh in general, buying a house right now or in the last couple of years or probably in the next year or two means you're going to be paying a high price for it, especially when you look around and see that people are getting into bidding wars for a house. That's like a sure sign that you're overpaying for this house, I would think. And maybe you don't care, but when it comes to something that I'm going to buy this and then 80 to 90% chance I'm going to sell it in the next three to five years, should you be buying an asset that's overpriced is, is all I'm saying. And so Mm -hmm. no, when I say personally, I say don't buy a house during residency rent. And it's simply for that reason. And we saw this back in before my time when some of the partners that I grew up with and was trained with, when they were, doing these lectures and working with residents and helping them transition into practice in like 06, 07, 08, what they saw was residents buying houses because at the time, you know, real estate's the best investment in the world. Quote, unquote, mm-hmm. air quotes if you're watching the video. Right. It um, always goes up. It always goes up. You're right. That's what they were, that's what they were saying. And that's why, yeah. Exactly. Which safe bet. Is that true over time? Sure. You would say that about the S&P 500 too, but we're not talking about long-term. You know, I had an ER resident that got out of residency in 2009, had bought a house and she couldn't sell it because she owed more than it was worth. She was what they call underwater. And she moved out of the state to get a job in Kentucky, still having this house. So for two, three, four years, she carried two houses. And you can say, well, that's great. You can just rent it. Yeah, sure, that's an option. Do you want to? And it's not that's like a, a sure thing. That's a stress. That's just oh, a it stress. is. When you're starting, when you're having life changes, like even if you take a new job that you're really excited about and you have to move and start fresh, it's stressful, you know. It's it's very stressful. I think especially in medicine, there's so many uncertainties and you have a lot of, there's a pressure on you. You, you're, you put pressure on yourself. You know, people are watching you. Did, we just hired this guy. We just paid him a bunch of money to come over here. Is he going to do a good job? You know, yeah. you want the staff to like you. You want to not be busy throughout the day making phone calls and arranging stuff. It's just like adding complexity to your life or 
adding complexity to your future life, if it can be avoided for like the first five to 10 years after graduating medical school, it's priceless because things are always, they're already chaos. And, you know, you only have control about so many factors that are going to stress you out, but making major purchases, you know, you have control over that. Yep. And unless you have a lot of good reasons, you're going to, be glad, especially if you really look into the prices and how much you quote unquote save by buying a house and not quote again, wasting your money on rent. Uh, when you compare the two, you know, a lot of over a lot of time periods and in a lot of scenarios, you come out ahead on the rent. Um, so, and people argue about this like forever, mm-hmm. but yeah, well, it's, and that's the other true. fact that it adds complexity. I mean, how long does it even take before you're really going to get back to breaking even yeah. on the house as far as how much of those first few years are just interest, you know what I mean? And let yeah. alone closing costs. So even if you right. sold the house for exactly what you bought it, you wouldn't be able to get back out of it what you put in for four or five years, I would think. So these residents buying houses in their first year, their house has to go up in value just to get their money back out and break even when they get out of residency because Mm -hmm. of closing costs and interest and all that kind of stuff, especially if they're doing the zero money down physician loan, which in residency, that's pretty much most people, that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it kind of allows residents to get a house when maybe they shouldn't, but it's, uh, there's a lot of factors to that. It's the timing of when you're yeah. buying and selling it's the interest it's the closing costs and just all that stuff. It's, I think a lot of you growing up again, like Trevor saying, have this message that you need to buy and not rent, but renting is like paying insurance. You know, there's a cost to it. What are you paying for? Well, you're paying for the freedom to be able to live your life the way you want and not worry about bad things Mm -hmm. happening and at least, you know, wiping you out financially. That's insurance. Same thing with rent. You're paying for the insurance that if I got to go somewhere quick, I can, and I don't have to worry about selling a house or being a landlord or if I need to Mm -hmm. be flexible. And with you guys as residents, you know, you're going to have to be flexible. So yeah, that's kind of such a, I'm probably extreme on the rental side of things. Like, I read Ramit Sethi's book, uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And he's yeah. got a whole blog system and stuff. He's great. That just like put the nail in the coffin for me wanting a house in the next like three to five years. I just don't, I don't want one. I have such a long list of reasons why I love renting. Yeah. So before it was like, oh, renting kind of stinks, but like buying a house, there's so many barriers. It's really hard. And like I said, I had one for a year. Maybe I'll tell that story in a minute. But like I kind of know like it is challenging and there's so many hidden costs and they're not small mm-hmm. that, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, it's kind of, and it's a lot of responsibility. You know, I'm a millennial and I do like the, the freedom and, you know, I don't you're a vagabond. something, but yeah. You're- yeah. And I'm not, I'm like, so, so not a vagabond. I've been no. in like Michigan my entire life, but but yeah, it's nice to not feel like stuck to things that are big and expensive when I've already got student loans. Anyways, but but renting, it's just so good. I don't understand how there must be just so much money being made by the housing industry to convince everybody that that 
owning a home is a no brainer. And then also just the, the housing market. Um, I think you almost have to get into like the bigger economic picture of the United States and uh, inflation and all this stuff, but like the numbers have just gone up. So like, it just seems like a safe thing. It's a false sense of safety. It's a false sense of it's an investment when, when to me buying a house is actually mostly it's an expense. If you look at it uh, a little bit more objectively for how much you're going to pay, like you said, closing costs, the interest is actually kind of insane unless you're doing a 15 year. Mm -hmm. When we're talking to residents here, residents aren't doing a 15 year. No, they're trying to get their monthly payment as low as possible. They're trying to say, I can get more for the same price as renting. Usually, I think is what it comes down to. It's not like I'm going to invest my money and I'm going to have a little nest egg in three to five years. It's like, oh, well, I was going to pay $1,100 for a rental place. And it's like not that nice. And I want to have my own place. So I'm going to find a place on Zillow for $900. It's going to end up costing you twelve hundred, you know, with all the closing costs, with the insurance you're going to have to buy, and you're going to want. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> what if something breaks? Like, uh, yeah. So it, it really adds up fast. You start out, and the way they they get you to buy something, just in general, car car purchasing process is the same way. They make it seem really easy. It's going to happen really fast. It's going to be smooth. It's just as good or better than the option renting renting yep. that you thought you were going to do. So they just kind of like sleepwalk you into buying a house. I think mm-hmm. um, they make it seem easy. They do the mortgage calculator for you on Zillow. You know, I can find a good deal. You talk yourself into thinking interest you rates a are deal. low. There's no better time. Yeah. I mean, how many people have you heard go, Oh, best thing ever. I just bought a, I bought a house. I paid too much. Like everyone thinks they got a deal. You know what I mean? Well, and that's what I don't understand. Like when I talked about the whole bidding wars thing, like mm-hmm. you put an offer on a house and then the realtor comes back and says, they got another offer. What's your highest and best. That's the bidding war. Mm-hmm. How can you feel good about that? Right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, how do you not have some buyer's remorse? You either, you must be so emotionally attached to that house that mm-hmm. you're like, I don't care. Just write them a check, honey, whatever they want. And that's, yep. That's right. And then you, so you yep. get the house and then you go through this process and you're sitting in this house. Wouldn't you sit there the first night being like, yeah, I paid too much for this thing. I don't think people do have that. No, they honestly. don't. They I can't. They wouldn't be able to live with themselves. They, they're so happy. You know what people don't do is after the fact, sit down and go, how much did I spend to make this happen? <laughs> no, they don't because they don't want to know. And am I glad? They do not want to do that. I wouldn't do that either. Like nobody in the right mind would sit down and go, okay, there were some unexpected costs. Let me put that in a spreadsheet and just make myself depressed. Yeah. You know, no one's going like, to do that. But that's, that is what's going to happen. Yeah. And do it ahead of time. we can convince ourselves of anything. And totally when they go through that process, they're just slowly every day convincing themselves. Yeah, no, this is a good Mm -hmm. deal. Yep. I'm glad I did this. This is great. This makes sense. Yep. And I totally agree on like people say their house is an investment, but it's not Mm -hmm. unless you're going to turn that somehow into Mm -hmm. cash and recognize that gain. It's not an investment. It's an asset. Yeah, I guess it's, but 
at the end of the it's day, it's an asset with a decent amount of risk. It's an asset with a decent amount of risk, like buying a stock. Yeah, and people talk about you know if they have enough mm-hmm. savings for retirement and blah, blah blah, and they're like, oh well, then I've got my house too. I've got equity in that. I'm like, that equity mm-hmm. doesn't mean squat unless you're actually going to sell it. It's just paper gains, right? That's right. And so you're going to sell that house to help fund your retirement. If yes, then okay, we can include this in the picture and in the plan. But if not, right. then it can sit over here on the side while we look and yeah. see what other investments you don't have because you decided to pay yeah. down all your student loans first. But yeah. Oh, wait, so let me tell you about how like I got this house. Yes, please. Um, so I'm in a residency and <sighs> this is, such... <laughs> I'm like already reflecting on the silly parts of the story. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, let's see. I was a second or third year resident living in a teeny tiny little apartment. It was like, I want to say it started at like six thirty per month and it was walkable to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a very strict, but responsible landlord. And it was great. It's one of those kitchens where like the kitchen counter was this wide. Yeah. You know, next to the sink. Yeah. Like you didn't even have a place to like dry your dishes pretty much. And there was yeah. no dishwasher. <laughs> but I knew what I was getting and I was motivated to pay off my loans and yada yada. And I wanted to like, you know, live responsibly. And at the time too, I was planning on doing like long term international medical work. Okay. So I was like, I gotta keep it tight so like I can get out there and get going like as soon as possible. Because that was kind of one of the money. stipulations on your loan forgiveness, sorta, right? Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I had the small apartment and I liked it. Like I definitely am somebody who can, I think go with the flow. don't need to have like everything like right away. I, I can, I can, you know, bide my time delayed gratification. So anyways, it was fine for a couple of years. And then I started dating this girl with a dog and then I couldn't have a dog in my apartment. So you're like, period, not even visiting. Not even visiting because, like I said, my landlord was really strict. Yeah. Even though, like, it's not a nice place, you like, you'd think he'd be like fine with it. He had a dog, whatever. So, like, it just kind of like put this bug in my ear, like, "Ah, maybe I'll look at a house, you know, and I was looking at maybe a fellowship and staying in the area. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like started doing like justify, you know, this part of my feelings, justify this part of my feelings, and it'd be kind of convenient for this. And I kind of want to, I do want to have a house. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get out of debt. So why don't I pick up an asset that's going to be worth more in a couple of years? And basically I just started looking at houses and then I would find one. I was like, Ooh, I really like this house, completely emotional interest. And then I would look at it and it wasn't what I wanted. And I was like, okay, thank God. I didn't like that house because I don't have the money. Eventually I got a house. My parents helped me with the down payment because I didn't want to do a physician loan. Mm-hmm. So, and it was understood that I would, basically borrow that pay it back and anybody listening who doesn't you know have that type of situation is like gosh this guy i feel so bad for his loans with his parents helping him with his house but (laughs) i'm just being real this is this is how i ended up getting a house Mm -hmm. and it was like uh two two fifteen i think i paid okay and it was just a small ranch home Mm -hmm. i liked it it was great less than 30 days in the and it got a good inspection yeah yeah less than 30 days in the hot water heater went out. Yay. I replaced it myself with, oh. with a handyman, went to the store, carried this like 200 pound <laughs> full of 
you know, full of the hard water build up stuff inside. It was one of the heaviest things I've ever lifted. I think oh my God. I was sure I was going to hurt. Heavy myself. and awkward. We, yeah. Yeah. So we carried it up the stairs and he disposed of it and at bottom dollar paid him like hourly for the afternoon and bought the thing at um, Home Depot and used his truck and drove it over. Bottom dollar cost me, I think, $900 to replace it within 30 days. And I didn't do like the one-year insurance thing, which is like, to me, I will always do that in the future. Yeah. So I had that repair. Then like a month later, uh, I had a backup in the basement. Um, It had like snowed, melted, and... Somebody came in, snaked it. They took some roots out and they were like, hey, there's cracks in that. They like used a clay pipe because it's an old area of mm-hmm. Detroit mm-hmm. Um, in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And it was cracked. He's like, you're going to have to replace that from the house to the street. Well, I got You know what? They get 12- a ton of those down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tons. Tons. Because those are old. $12,000 is what they were saying it was going to cost. Guess how much money I had in the bank? Like. $1,200 probably yep. $1,500 <laughs> pretty much living month to month now that I bought a house and I refinance my loans. So I'm like not even paying my loans down anymore. Like <clears throat> goals out the window, you know? So eventually then I'm applying for fellowship and then I didn't match in Detroit. So now I have to sell my house. <laughs> oh, I was pretty much sure I was going to match in Detroit and it worked out. You know, everything works out fine. Like, love my mentors and everything like it's it's fine but it was unexpected and i was like okay like that's that's great i'm still gonna go somewhere good and but i'm gonna have to sell this house so i sold the house 10 months actually after i bought it oh my god and i did for sale by owner i got out of it by the skin of my teeth i actually made a small profit because selling by owner is like pretty doable yeah but um i got lucky like super, super lucky. Yeah. And I was stressed probably for six of those 10 months. I was stressed about when I sell this, they're going to do an inspection. They're going to see that that pipe needs to be replaced and I'm going to have to pay it. And it was going to be at least $12,000 depending on how fast they could do it and permits and so forth because they have to shut down the street. And that's just one of a million things that can expensive wrong with your home that you have to replace. And so I wasn't prepared to be in a house. I still enjoyed it. And there's lots of great memories and yada, yada. Did but the dog get to, did, did the dog get to enjoy the, the dog house? got to hang out on the house. It was very happy in the house. It was great. You know, it was fun. So mm-hmm. it was, and it was nice to have a home. It is better in terms of just, it's a different sort of satisfaction. I think to own a home, like I get it. It's nice. Yeah. But there's this stress in residency is is significant the stress of owning a home and the, the the lack of predictability is it's substantial and there's way worse stories than that one. Oh yeah but um the reason i was able to not lose a bunch of money was because i fully disclosed that whole thing when i was selling it by owner and because i did he had a separate plumber different company come out and give a second opinion okay and they said this is normal cracks in the pipe is fine yep and uh this will last 20 more years as long as you just snake it once a year that'll cost you 50 bucks once a year oh so i got so lucky thank that one thing yeah 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 so otherwise i would have just added another 10 grand Mm -hmm. to my already already large mountain of debt 
Um, and that was a house I had inspected thoroughly. My brother's a real estate agent. He's like, everything's checking out. Everything looks good. Uh, my real estate agents, like my son just bought a house in the same neighborhood a couple months ago. Like this is, you know, a good price. You're getting a deal again. See, thought I was getting a deal. So says the guy who's going to get a commission. I know, I know (laughs) that's a, I know that that's uh, exactly a long story, but no, that's exactly prime scenario. Yeah. It happens in like, it just, maybe I had to go through that, but like, I love renting now. Sure. I'm obsessed (laughs) with renting. Understandable. And, and I don't have a fancy apartment or anything right now. And it's just great. It's peace of mind. It's a controlled fixed amount of money per month so I can manage my budget better while I'm aggressively paying down my loans. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always get a great landlord, but like I have, I've repeatedly had a really nice landlord that fixes things quickly. My hot water when I take a shower is terrible. Okay. Like it, it, like it'll go hot and then cold, and, but it's like, eh. Yeah. You just, you're not going to have everything even in the house that you own. Yeah. And, uh, the, the peace of mind and the control of being able to leave or move. Um, it's amazing. It's so nice. Renters insurance is way cheaper. Everything is less Heck expensive. Yeah, is. I love it. Yeah. That's, uh, those are some fantastic points and a lot of them in favor of renting from lowest cost on insurance and no chance of, you know, you having to deal with like water issues in the house are the worst because they're so expensive to fix if they can be fixed. And that's the one thing I've learned from different houses is always look at the basement, look for any signs of water because they may say whatever they may say. And at the end of the day, you know, they're not liable. There's no return policy on house. So you're in it. And then the next month you got water in your basement and it's like, and you're dealing with it again. I've dealt with that. And it's me too. So stressful. And then what happens is every time it rains after that, you're like lying awake in bed, just like, I'm going to go check the basement. (laughs) I have a a list of things that I want in my next house. And one of them, no basement, like no basement. It's going to be hard to find. Well, they have them. My parents actually don't have a basement because the last house they owned flooded every single year. And they yep. got sick of like replacing the carpet and the drywall and <laughs> just no basement. They did all the things all the people recommended and they had a sump pump and they had a backup battery and it just like always flooded. Yeah. And they built or they like uh rehabbed a house and it was close enough on like close to some dune area mm-hmm. where like nobody in the neighborhood had basements. Sure. And they were just like, we are not putting in a basement. This is great. We love this. You know, how could it flood? And I mean, the, the roof could leak or a pipe could break, but like other than that, it's not going to flood like clockwork annually. Yeah. And, uh, oh my gosh. Right. That's yeah. Oh, I hated worrying about when it would rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I That's wanted, great. I was so tempted to just, I even put a deposit down to get a mm-hmm. bee dry system, a basement waterproofing. It was like $8,000 they wanted for that. And yeah. I was so like, expensive. the first time we got water in the basement, I'm like, fine, do it. Here's a deposit. Like I want this. And then I, I had to like move around some dirt and stuff around the outside of the house and fix some gutters and stuff. And that pretty much took care of it. 
So then I was like, mm-hmm. um, I guess I don't need the bead dry system. So I went to get my money back right. and they're like, yeah, we don't really give the deposits back after wow. 45 days. And I'm like, that was 20. It was like a 25% deposit too. Like yeah. two grand. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. So I started, uh, they gave me half of it back eventually after I threw enough of a fit and wrote a letter. But um, yes, so lots of great stories about buying a house. And, you know, similar concept when it comes to, okay, I'm out of residency. Now I'm in attending. Now I can buy a house, right? Eh, I don't, you know, because... What are the chances, Trevor, maybe you know this, what are the chances that your first job is going to be your last job? Pretty the slim. last job is like, I don't know, it's probably less than, it's less than 10%, I would guess, for last job. I think people say that um, more than half of people leave their first job within two years. That's what I've heard too. Um, I've heard yeah, at least half. 80% within three years. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, I'm, I've got text message chains going with like lots of different ophthalmologists just in my subspecialty. And that's just a mm-hmm. specialty where you do want to find something and stick because sure. you build patient Take base it and it really, yeah. really benefits. And then when you're a partner and you're uh, profit sharing, it's, it's particularly beneficial in ophthalmology and particularly mm-hmm. de- detrimental really to move around mm-hmm. for the same reasons. But I'm talking to multiple people. We're all like early and I've moved and they're all either moving or looking and asking like, Hey, what did you look for in this next position? And yada, yada. Like I I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm looking for something new and they're all renting. Fortunately, I mean, off the top of my head. Yeah. I think they're all renting. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's great. I mean, it's just one major factor that's not going to just kind of push you and, hold you down when you know you don't like what you're what you're in yeah yeah and we can it's a lot of the same concepts again if you yeah that first month or two when you're in that new job and you buy a house and you got a physician loan with zero down again like you're you're almost like going backwards a little bit just to Mm -hmm. to, you got to bring money to the table to get out of that house because you've got no equity um right and there's closing costs and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't think we need to go too deeply into that concept. Yeah. Pretty much same thing until you really feel like you're settled until you feel like you're getting a good value. I don't know about right. good deal, but, but good value for what you're getting and what you're paying. And, uh, just all those other factors, not saying never, ever buy a house. I own a house right now. That's, you know, obviously it makes sense right. for us. Part of it is I've got four kids. It's hard to find a place to rent that can fit this many people, but um, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, yeah, and kids, it's nice for kids to have stability. I think that's a little, that's, that's a, that is nice. Definitely, um, a house and a yard and a neighborhood and all that stuff for sure. That's yeah. what we were paying for. And just not to move every other year. If you're renting, like, yeah, they can, they like a family probably, but... They could sell the house if the market's hot in the next one to two years, and then you're moving every couple of years. It, mm-hmm. it does happen to people. I know people have done that as a family, but just have to pick up and move. You know, they're selling the house. Yeah, we had so, really good timing with 
like I said, we bought our house in 2012 as a foreclosure. It yeah. Was a four right. bedroom, good size house. And then we just bought it this or sold it this year and basically doubled our money. So, mm-hmm. but that was probably cross my fingers a once in a lifetime opportunity. And right. I was like, I knew back then I was like, okay, there's a bunch of foreclosures around. I better, I'm going to find a sweet deal on a house. And then yeah. we always knew as a family that this could be our forever house or we could sell it when it makes sense. And one day we just mm-hmm. looked at each other and we're like, what do you think about selling this house? Okay. Let's look into it. And here we are. So, yeah. um, yeah, I have, I have like a closing thought or like yeah. getting close to a closing thought too, which is just, I'm trying to think of like what my friends have been saying to me as I've been talking about how much I, I like renting. <laughs> um, definitely the number one is like, well, don't you feel like you're wasting money? We've kind of been over that. Sure. And it's just, it's never a waste. Like it's a roof over my head and all these like great things that I get out of it. Yeah. Just like a house. So it's definitely not a waste of money. I'm paying good money for something and, mm-hmm. and not too much. Mm-hmm. But I think rarely, it's always about like a lot of these questions are so objective focused. It's like, I want a house. I don't know why I want a house, but I have a desire to have a house. I think we like when we want something. So like pe- people will oftentimes say, you know, they're just trying to figure out like how to get the house because they want the house, even if they don't know why. Yep. But, but they're not thinking bigger picture. Like how do I build wealth? Like, what do I want in life? How do I want to be successful? And you don't need a house to build wealth. And especially early in our careers as a physician, you're so far in the hole that buying a house often inhibits your ability to build wealth. And so this just like, you know, do I buy a new car? Do I lease a car? Like, I think I read a lot about the specific issues, which is helpful in residency. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to get a better car. I want a reliable car. It's like all these narratives that companies and whatever we tell our, basically us, we tell ourselves these things because we want new things. We want, we want nice things. But like the question really is like, how do I want to build wealth? And then how do I make a plan? And it's so easy to get distracted with these individual decisions but it's really like, you got to come back to the big picture. What am I trying to accomplish? What am I trying to do? Yep. You know, what am I trying to build? Who do I want to be? Like, these are such, these are way more important questions that become your motivation. They become your foundation for making a smart decision about buying a house. And we almost got to this like backwards a little bit, but just, it is what's motivated me to rent. I say like, oh, there's all these good ideas, but really the reason I d- I've done it and I've stuck with it is because I want I want freedom. I want financial freedom. I don't want to be in debt. I'd love to own a house someday, but I don't want to do it in a way where I feel trapped or where it's limiting me, you know, funding. Yeah. If I want my kids to go to a private high school or something, like I'd like to be able to do that. I don't think I want to do that. I went to public school. But like it's just a good example of like I just yeah, I think we focus on the specific issues and it's helpful and there's a lot to be learned nuances pros and cons all these opinions but really like if you don't know what you want or like what you're striving for Mm -hmm. you're just gonna forget and then just read like little tiny articles about this and that and sure um and kind of get that was that was the closing thought go after yeah whatever you read oh shiny object and kind of go after that yeah yeah 
and you forget it's so easy to forget um mm -hmm. yeah anyway so thank you for giving me a minute to yeah call my thoughts there but well yeah, and i so. think it's a great closing thought that this how does this all tie back into financial planning and mm -hmm. your overall financial picture does a house play into that maybe i'm not saying it doesn't but it's definitely something that every decision you know we do this roadmap with our uh new clients where we walk them through first before even talking about money and dollars and goals and time horizons and all that stuff, we talk about their values and we say it's called a values-based financial planning approach where we say, okay, but this concept of money, what's important to you about money? And we start to get at the motivations of people and it does bring mm -hmm. security and it brings comfort and I take care of my mm -hmm. family and I, you know, do all these kind of things that are deep rooted philosophical values that they were raised with or cultural things and then we get to the next step of, okay, and how does your financial plan help you feel these things or accomplish these things and mm -hmm. basically make you feel like, how does money give you the life that you want now and 50 years from now and leave the legacy you want for your family and all those things? And maybe a house plays into that, but mm -hmm. maybe we have to have the conversation that, okay, for you to, to, to do this, I think the most optimal way is for you to rent right now and Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And it may go against the conventional thinking, but running everything and why when we have our reviews with our clients, we pull out the roadmap every time. So we can say just to kind of check back to that standard and that benchmark of is every mm -hmm. decision that we're making and everything that we're recommending and the plans we're putting together, is it still in line with what you said is important to you? And a house buying decision, where you live, buying or renting is is no different. How does it all play into that. So yeah, that's, I think a fantastic point that we need to remember, you know, overarching, what are we saying here at financial MD? Does this decision get you closer to or further from your best life? I guess. How often do you go over that with your clients? Is that an annual check-in? Um, at least every six sure. months. Wow. That's mm -hmm. man. That, that sounds about right. Like that's, I tend to get off track little bits, maybe quarterly. Yep. But for the most part, yeah, like a six month check in would probably be. <laughs> yeah. I can fix on. most things within six months with people. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and six months, you know, it's, it's cool. It's funny. I've been working with enough attending physicians now that there's, you know, six months between they can build up enough cash that. Um, depending who they are, you know, I'll meet them every six months and be like, Oh, I've got another 50 grand sitting in my checking account. Okay. Let's do something with that. Let's <laughs> invest that. Let's do it. And just not just let it sit in your checking account. Or I've got a hundred grand or whatever the case. So mm -hmm. yeah, that works for now. And I don't always remember to bring out the roadmap, but it's, um, it's definitely something I try to, to make a regular habit. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah. Nice. All right. Awesome, well, boy. I think hey, that's yeah thanks. enough to say on that topic. Um, Trevor, as always, thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah. Your insight. And Hopefully your people can learn from my, my mistakes. Right. And right. It's, uh, it's definitely humbling to just like tell that story and people can listen to it in perpetuity, but mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's true. And you know, like there's, everybody has, complex situations and 
somebody in whatever way you feel like your situation sucks, somebody in that exact same way has probably had it worse than you. Yeah. And uh, there's always, there's always a way out. There's always a plan. And it's honestly, once you sit down and look at square in the face, it's typically not as bad as you thought it would be and more doable than you expect. So yeah, there's a lot of good people out there and great financial advisors like John. So if you don't have one, he's a good one. I don't give you enough big thumbs up on here, but it's true. You're a good dude and um, your, your principal and uh, family man and all that stuff. So keep up the good work. People are lucky to have you. Oh, thank you, Trevor. I just, uh, I just need more like me, I guess. I'm, <laughs> we're, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's good. It's good to be reminded of what we do and why we do it. And so absolutely. Hopefully this helps somebody. I'm sure it will. And, uh, hopefully it helps lots of people because like you said, this is going to go in perpetuity. This is going to get posted to the World Wide web and it's going to change people's lives. So that's what with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm John. This is Trevor. This is the Financial MD Show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share it. And I guess this will be the time in our show career where we say, please leave a rating and review. This helps it to reach more people, more residents making smart decisions early on. So leave a review. That would be so fantastic. Um, Check out the YouTube channel where we've got the two-minute didactic minute videos. Um, You'll meet Piper the Labradoodle. Uh, in the most recent video and get some good financial tips along the way. Join the Financial MD Facebook community, a group of like-minded physicians sharing ideas, getting ideas, giving ideas. Um, so we're trying to throw as many resources at you as we can to protect yourself from yourself here at Financial MD. So other than that, you know how to contact us, financialmd.com. Schedule your free consultation. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for another Financial MD show. Be sure to head over to FinancialMD.com to get more in-depth resources on financial tips for physicians. And don't forget to join the Financial MD community group on Facebook, where physicians at all stages of their career gather to share tips and get ideas on achieving true financial success. We'll see you next time. The Financial MD Show is for informational purposes only and is not an offer to invest, is not financial, tax, or legal advice. Be sure to seek financial, legal, or tax professionals when making any financial decisions. Before investing, you should make sure that any investment strategy or investment meets your individual investment needs, goals, and objectives. Financial MD makes no claims or guarantees to individual investment performance. All investing involves the risk of loss as well as the potential for gain.